Welcome to the New Author Podcast, a weekly podcast diary starring Jerry Evanoff. That's true. I guess if we just sit here in silence, nobody's going to listen. And Rich Casey. I don't think there's ever been a Grateful Dead album I haven't liked. Join them weekly as they talk about writing, publishing, and marketing their books. They'll talk about their successes, their failures, and everything in between. And there will be tangents. Many, many tangents. Sit back, relax, and prepare to be educated and entertained, but mostly entertained. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, – I, I stumbled there because I was thinking about my microphone as I was getting ready to do the intro. Uh, <laughs> the light the light is blurring on your face. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, the new author podcast. Uh, today is Monday, June 2nd, 2023. It's episode number 224. I am one of your hosts, Jerry Evanoff, and I actually have a working microphone this week that I'll talk about in a second. And with me, uh, as he is each week, is Rich Casey. Rich, how are you? I'm doing well, except I will be distracted as well by that microphone because it changes colors like one of those Christmas trees that goes from red to blue to green to white. <laughs> so. I actually had one of those on my old desk at work, the little Christmas tree that flashed like that. I enjoyed oh, did it. You? It, was, it was a USB, much like this microphone. And the lesson that I should have learned from that Christmas tree is this microphone will not work if the USB isn't actually plugged into anything, ah. um, <laughs> which is the lesson I learned this week as I was moving I have a little table beside my desk and I put the microphone over there during the week when we're not podcasting. And uh, I moved my table out of the way to get some vacuuming done on Tuesday. And that's when I saw the other end of the USB cable just lying on the floor, not plugged into anything. That's why my, my sound has been bad probably for the last two episodes now that I think about it. So. Yeah, something like I, I'm, I was going to mention here at the top of the show that uh, – I don't know if you saw it, but there was a uh, a story on the wires today about your favorite song from the '80s, "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Oh, uh, really? Yeah, the kind of the backstory of it and how it was kind of a last minute addition to that the album that they wrote, which I think was called. Uh, uh, was that? I don't know which one it was. Hysteria. Hysteria. Animal. That's hysteria. Right. Okay. It was hysteria, and it was kind of a last minute edition, right at the very end. Uh, the guy that came up with it. Uh, just was kind of playing around and nobody wanted to do it because they'd been in the studio forever, but they decided, okay, so it took another 10 days or whatever to actually completely write the song and to record it, uh, put it out there on the album. Uh, and it kind of flopped completely it was, this was 1987. And, uh, you know, I think at, at one point the, the, they tried to push it, the, uh, record company tried to push it hard. It rose, I think maybe to 18 in the UK or something like that. And it was pretty low in the U.S. And it wasn't until the next year, 1988, that uh, it, it took off. There was a, kind of like a one last push by the radio stations. MTV picked it up and, and flogged it quite a bit, which made it popular. But the thing that made it really take off, and I thought you people would appreciate to hear this, is that it really didn't, didn't take off and get to number two in the U.S. until strippers in Florida started calling and requesting it uh, for their acts. And from then on... It was history, as they say. That, that doesn't surprise me because it feels like it could be that kind of a song. Right. But it's also like the one that I said, I guess, last week. When I think 80s rock, that's the first song that pops into my head. Right. And, uh, and I, I promise I don't remember ever hearing it at a strip joint because I've rarely been to a strip joint. So I, I, it's very strange to, to uh, hear that. I don't know. Right. And, and they say or the band said that once that happened at all the concerts, they would give they would start playing that songs and women would take their tops off. They said it was really ah, weird. <laughs> so it worked out well for them. OK, yeah, yes. <laughs> all right. All right. So let me go ahead and jump into my stats. And you're going to notice a theme throughout my stats here. So I'll start with book number two in the murder mystery series. Uh, it's up a few words. I don't have an actual number. I'm, I'm just going to keep it at thirty nine thousand seven hundred, which is what it was at last week. I'm in the middle of editing chapter one. It's a really long chapter. And, and instead of telling you 
what the number is right now, which is completely wrong because I've added a bunch of words without subtracting the ones I need to subtract. I just decided to just not worry about it. Um, so we'll just call it the same as it was last week. Space Opera Book One staying the same as it was last week. Didn't do much for this one with this one for the same reasons that that uh, I didn't do much with the first one, which was a time thing and a, uh, doing other things thing. Um, my mayor light actually stayed at 9077. No changes there. And my Facebook stats, my page stayed at 204. Um, not much there. And I didn't really do much in the way of posting this past week. It's <clears throat> I'm in this strange situation where. If I don't schedule them and depend on just random things happening, there are certain days of the week where I don't do anything. You know, I work, right. I don't go anywhere. I'm sure I can only post my hothead burrito so many times before people tell me to stop. So, you know, but if I do schedule them, I have to sit and come up with things to do. And, and based on um, a conversation I had, I believe yesterday with uh, my buddy Brian, who also listens to the podcast, I have an idea for Wednesdays going forward. But I don't want to also lock into this day is going to be a post about this. So I'm kind of stuck with how much do I schedule versus how much do I do that are random. And if I don't schedule on that day and don't have anything random, what do I do? And that's kind of where I'm I'm, I'm going to go back and watch a Sean Minman Facebook uh, and see what he has. Because I know he gave a whole bunch of ideas for posts. And I'm, I'm going to go back and maybe take take some notes there. Right. You know, I, this was the problem I ran into earlier in the year when I start. I was really good for a few weeks. And then started to get to the point where it was. I was saying, you know, this isn't very interesting or, you know, and that's, I, I, I then, I then decided that in order to be really successful at the social media thing, you have to be a little bit of a narcissist because you got to think that whatever you're doing on that day, people are going to be interested in it. And, you know, there's, if, if you follow anybody in particular on social media and just watch them day in and day out, it's just really mundane stuff that they're posting. But and yet you find it interesting because it's kind of a peek into somebody else's life or somebody else's thought process. So wait, you're telling me that the things that I do on a day in day day out is aren't interesting to every single other person? <laughs> yeah. oh. Well, sometimes not. But... <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. That's, that's a wake up call for me. All right. Uh, uh. You mentioned about your mailer light there. I don't know if you saw, but David Gogren was out with an email this week uh, talking about uh, mailer light. Its prices is going up. And all the different alternatives, and basically the conclusion is, you might as well just stay with Mailer Light because it's still still the best for authors. Yeah, and I was going to talk about this later, but Paul Teague on his podcast over the weekend, I listened. I think I listened to part of it last night and the rest of it this morning. He talked about, I think it who I think it was Dave Chesson who he, the article he read, and Dave said, "I'm just going to go for a year on Mailer Light Classic, and basically I'm going to go until they force me to go kicking and screaming." And Paul said he's going to do the same thing, right. and. I'm half tempted to do the same thing because everything's already set up there. So I don't know. I wrote in here that I was going to switch to author on email. And I talked about that last week, but after hearing Paul this morning, I may just do the same thing, pay for a year. And then if they kick me out nine months in or a year in, you know, when my subscription's up, then, then maybe decide what to do after that. Cause you could, I guess you could, if you pay for a year, you're grandfathered in for that year. So. Right. And you know, to be fair, uh, Gogren did, uh, mentioned ConvertKit as another one that that would be really good, but that is pricey. I've looked at that before. And I just can't really justify the price. I uh, also mentioned Author AI as well, and the only knock against them uh, they they were, would be for a uh, for most authors would be relatively cheap. They just don't have the bells and whistles that Miller Light has. Author email author email you mean? Author email yeah. You said author you said author AI. I think that's what it was originally called, wasn't author. I don't even know. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I um, go to author.email and it takes right, me. Right, right, right. It's author.email. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wonder what author.ai is. I'm really curious now. 
Let's see what it does. I just typed it in there. It's the domain is for sale. Oh, let's okay. buy it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, based on, and, and I looked at convert kit this morning because Paul talked about that too. I looked at, and you're right. It is very pricey. Um, I don't make enough money from books to actually go to something like that. Right. Right. And, you know, since we're on, we're on the subject, you know, I don't know if you're going to get to it later or not, but you know, uh, congratulations to Paul Teague on his book contract. Uh, it was pretty nice. Yeah, was he? He uh, did you listen to his podcast yet? I haven't been able to. No, not yet. So he went through he went through the details of it this morning, and, it's oh, really okay. interesting. and in fact, and, and you know, he talked about the fact that he's stopping his podcast because he's stopping it this like he you know he planned on stopping it this week anyway. Uh, my plan was to just go back and listen to it from the beginning of the year as if it was real, you know, new every week, and you know, I have six months of it, and then six months of reruns basically um, as I drive to golf in the morning. But uh, you know, he really detailed it this morning and talked about. Uh, coming back September 30th, I think for a, um, for like a, a third quarter recap and at the end of the year for a fourth quarter recap, recap. but I'd like to hear him come back once in a while to, to hear how it's going for with, with an actual, um, you know, publisher that he's working with. I, I'm really curious how that goes. I'm hoping to get a couple episodes of that. Yeah, that would be good. And I, I didn't, again, didn't listen to it. So I don't know if he got this contract for, uh, books that he've already, he's already written or books that have yet to be written. Uh, and if it's for books that yet to be written, then I'm surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get a podcast coming back because he's gonna have to start writing them. Because originally, the last six months of this year, he was just him and his wife were just gonna go, go and have fun. He wasn't gonna worry about it. Yeah, it's actually the three that he's written this year, and then two more on top of it. I believe uh, by the by June of next year, I believe. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, so he's he's, he's pretty good, and he's pretty systematic about being able to write. So he he'll probably continue with his plans. Yeah, I wish uh, I had that um, that ability to stay on schedule with something like that oh, that yeah. many months out into the future. Cause there's no way I, I'm, I mean, I'm in the middle of like 19 books at once right now. So right. Yeah. Thanks, to, thanks to AI. I'm doing that. So yeah. That's just like me. Yeah. Okay. So well, in terms of my, in terms of my goal for last week, it was basically just continue <laughs> to make progress. And I'm going to say that I did, even though it wasn't much as, as much as I thought I did learn a few new things this week that I'm really excited about. And I'll talk about that later. Right. I, I had two, two major goals uh, for last week and just kind of two minor goals that, I pretty much have every, every week. Uh, the big major goal was uh, I need, wanted to write about a thousand words a day and to get to about 7,000 words by, by this Sunday or today. So, but, and, and I actually did that, believe it or not. Uh, hey. turns out it doesn't take much to do a thousand words a day. If you just sit down and actually do the, the part I didn't do is I didn't get any new Avella episodes posted. I don't know why I probably could have, but I got distracted by doing other things, uh, including uh, working in the garden uh, when in the mornings when it wasn't so hot, although now by about 10 or 11 in the, in the morning, it is just too hot out there. We hit the, I think we did a peak of 117 on Wednesday or Thursday. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember what, what the day it was. And I don't even know what the temperature was on my, on the driveway side of my yard, which gets full sun almost all day long. That's, that's the part of the yard where I've actually been able to cook an egg on a frying pan that I've laid out there, uh, in the sunshine. So I've I tried to stay in the shade and move around, but you still, you, you sweat a lot. You lose a lot of water. I can, you know, drop about five pounds in, the, in about four hours out there. And then you're just wiped out for the rest of the day. It's hard to do anything else. Uh, but I did, I, I forced myself to write some. And so that's good. Those 7,000 words were all on the urban fantasy. For some reason, I, I, I just started on that on Monday instead of the serial killer one, which is the brand new shiny thing right now. And I just kept rolling with it all week. So I'm up to 
uh, I forgot to write that down exactly, but I'm, I'm pushing pretty close to 35,000 words on that right now. So th- that's going pretty well. I did get back on the uh, promotion bandwagon as well towards the end of the week for my, my Velas. Um, so fi- the end of the month, by the end of the month, I was up to about 300 unlocked reads, which translates into about 15 bucks in royalties which falls well within my predictive equation that I have for what the bonuses will be. So I'm really, I can't wait for the next 20 days to go by so I can see what kind of bonus I actually get to see whether that uh, equation is I've estimated is any good. I like how the fun, the fun has gone from not getting the bonus, but just checking to see if the equation was right. Yeah. 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 That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Originally it was all about, all about the Benjamins, but now it's all about the regressions. (laughs) We'll Mm -hmm. see, see if that works out or not, which, you know, it kind of throws back to my previous career and it's kind of, kind of uh, makes me feel young again to be able to do that with data. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was pretty much my week uh, tucked in there, uh, a little bit of gaming uh, and a little bit of a uh, puzzle making and also uh, at least two, maybe more trips to the ice cream parlor. So that was, that was good. <laughs> G- gaming. What, what gaming? Oh, just board games. Okay. Yeah, I do love board games. I bought Star Wars Rebellion like six or seven years ago, and it's a massive board game that takes you know half an hour to set up and then like four hours to play, and it's just two people. And I haven't played it since pre-COVID, and I really enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I really do like the board. Right. Game. Well, you know, in a sign sign of the times, I guess, and you know, a lot of people living in single person or not too many people households, a lot of these board games, and I like this wingspan that we've been playing uh, consistently, comes with a a set of cards they're called automata cards and you can actually play by yourself against a, a, a fictitious opponent. Oh, that's and nice. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. We haven't tried, I, I want to sit down and do it one time just to see what it's like, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And gaming. Uh, no, no, I've never really gotten into the online gaming. Although I was, when my son was growing up, he was really interested in this game and played it all the time called Railroad Tycoon. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it was uh, kind of like along the lines of a Sim City kind of thing where you built up uh, railroad networks and you know you had to get goods from A to B, and the whole thing was about making money and you, know, you had to you had to try to balance your uh, your profits and costs and all that kind of stuff. Well, they've come out with a brand new version, I think called Railroad Empire, uh, which has got the the old one was you know real 2d 19 well, probably 1999 kind of graphics to it but this is like you know living color i was really tempted during the week to to buy that one just to see what it was like yeah i can see that i'm looking forward to city skylines 2 coming out yeah. I think later this year and then i started watching the trailers for there's a star wars coming out next year that actually looks really fun that i may jump into also uh, a game you mean or yeah yeah it's, i think it's called outlaws i think it's been a while since i, I haven't looked at the trailer in a couple weeks i think it's called outlaws but it looks it looks amazing okay um so yeah all right let me jump into my recap for last week um again not a, it's kind of an odd recap that i had here so monday started out like it usually does um i worked during the day and then in the evening i messed around chat gpt so i really want I, i've talked about this before one of my long-term writing goals is to write a book in the Star Wars universe and, you know, approved by Disney or whoever owns them at the time and um, create a character that becomes canon. And it goes back to 
uh, Dave Filoni creating Star Wars uh, Clone Wars, the cartoon, and creating Ahsoka Tano, my favorite character. And and I thought it's just so cool that this guy sat down and created a character who became you know one of the fa- you know fan favorites of all time and canon. I would love to do that. So I started playing around with ChatGPT, thinking, well, why don't I try to write one and um, and just to put it on fanfiction.net and you know it i can do that legally i can do that and then i can maybe use that to try to get people to go over to the amazon page and look at some of the other stories so that was kind of the thought it was kind of a it's kind of an excuse to actually sit down and plot a star wars book so i had watched a chat gpt video prompt video earlier from uh, i think it's the nerdy novelist and he showed a way to get ChatGPT to, to help you plot. But before you start plotting, it asks you a bunch of questions before it actually gives you that plot outline or that plot thing. So it'll say, tell me about your characters. And then when you say, I want to write a Jedi, well, what powers should this Jedi have? You know, things like that. So I use that and I ended up plotting a pretty good story. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of young adult female lead character who's young and learns she has powers. She's over, she's being watched by a Jedi um, who, who sees her use the power because he felt the force somewhere on this planet and he, he narrowed it down to her. Um, and then like eight or nine years later, just as order 66 happens, um, she has to run from an inquisitor, all this stuff that is in the canon, but it's a lot of new characters. So, um, and keep this plot in mind. Cause we're going to talk about this later. Okay. So, I did this. It was fun. I put it in a scrivener. Like I always do, or I put it on a Google docs. One of those two, like I always do with the idea of, oh, I'll go back and, and we'll see uh, if I want to do anything with this in the future. So Tuesday, um, not much done on the writing front Tuesday, although I did discover two new YouTube channels that are going to become my addicted to for the next couple of weeks. One of them is a writer named Brandon McNulty. I'd never heard of this channel, this guy, but he's got a ton of followers. He's been around for two or three years, has some really good videos in terms of writing uh, things that I hadn't seen before. He says things in a different way than, than I'd seen before. And I'll, I'll link to him uh in the show notes i don't have a specific video to talk about but i watched a bunch of them throughout the week and then one that was really fun it's called mystery recapped and it's this guy who recaps tv shows or movies from just around the world like i watched some from south korea i think there was one from japan and it's really just a, a real tv show or movie that exists but the way he recaps it it's like you're you know you're on the edge of your seat listening to him to this do this oh, really? There's tension. Yeah. And it reminds me of like the case file podcast I listen to where the guy has a perfect voice to do true crime. And I watched a bunch of these and I'll link to this too, but they're, they're really fun. It's, you know, they're they're fun to, these are stuff I don't know anything about things I've never watched, but like one of them is a quiet place, the movie, which I've never seen, but I know what it's about. So he recaps that. So obviously I've seen, I know of that one, but they're the ones from around the world, not the U S are actually the really interesting one because they're stories I've never heard of. And they're a little bit different than the stories that are written in the U S in terms of the plot and how they end and things like that. So um, I'll link to that too. And then I had golf in the evening and we had, I mean, it's probably the most rain that we've ever had at golf in the 12 or 13 years I've been in that league that we actually finished anyway. Like usually we quit uh, after five or six holes because it's just not good. But mm-hmm. this time we just played it all the way through. I think I shot 53, which is really bad. And I'm blaming the weather, um, but it, it was pretty much rain the entire time, either rain or heavy mist the entire time we were there. Uh, Wednesday. I took a longer lunch than I normally do because I had, I had to work later that night. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I was asked to work from eight to 10 and really it was just be online 
and be there in case they needed me while they were doing an upgrade. Uh, I probably wouldn't have to do anything, but just be there. So I said, I said to one of my coworkers, Hey, I'm going to take a little bit of a longer lunch because I have to work a couple hours. And I, I was going to take about a half an hour longer, but I didn't even start lunch until like 1240. So I, I actually took lunch from 1240 to two, had to stop and uh, ship another Etsy order, paperback Etsy order, which was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, it, was, neat. it was a fun little, e- yeah, it was fun to see that, that email come through. Hey, you had an order on Etsy. So I was, I was happy about that. How many of those and have I, you had? Two. Oh, okay. That was my second one, but it's still cool. It's still fun. Oh, no. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so I went to the local sub place and started filling out the story grid for chapter one. And I, I based on those fictionary videos I talked about last week, I added like four or five new characters to my, my story grid. And I'm going to go over. I'm just going to mention them really quick. Um, you know, it's all the same story grid uh, um, uh, fields or, or values I've been using, but I added in a few new ones. And the ones I added in were... Um, what's the purpose of the scene? What's the name of the scene? Um, let's see, where's it at? I added Chekhov's gun just because I thought that'd be fun to keep track of if I had a thing. What's the tension in the scene? And I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. So it was those four extra categories that I'm filling out now. And I, you know, I talked when I, before I started this book of whether I wanted to do the story grid or not, because I'm, you know, I'm getting to the point where I don't know if I want, if I want to take all that extra time, but I kind of like doing it. So I'm going to fill it out for each chapter as I do my, my first revision. Yeah. I, I figure you'd go back to it eventually being a spreadsheet guy. It's kind of hard to give it up. Uh, yeah. It's exactly. It's, yeah. I can't quit it. It's, <laughs> it's tough. Um, so uh, I, I started working on chapter one. Didn't get very far. You know, like I said earlier, it's like 3,500 words and I know how I am when it comes to the first revision or probably end up being like 5,000. So I know I need to split this up somehow but I still need to have a good chapter with a hook ending. I want the ending to be the death. So I'm trying to think, is there a way that I can just have some of the details in chapter one and then have not flashbacks, but like interviews or whatever, as I get through to get the rest of the chapter. Cause there's a lot of good chapter one stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And I want the death to be at the end of chapter one. I want it to be after a thousand words or 1200 words right now. It's at the end of 4,000 words and that's not good. So mm-hmm. I have to work that out. And, and that's important. We've talked about it before, but it's really drove home the last couple of weeks because my wife is who hasn't been reading uh, since about the first of the year much, but has suddenly started gone back to reading and is picking up these mystery books, Victorian mysteries mostly, and has been complaining bitterly about how there's no murder, murder until like the seventh or eighth chapter of, of the book. You just got all this build and world building and she is just not into it. She wants to have that murder at the end of the first chapter so we can go from there. <laughs> and that's what would happen. I mean, if I split this and let's say I went to 5,000 words and I split it into two or three chapters, that murder wouldn't happen until the end of chapter two or chapter three. And it's like, you read chapter one, do you keep reading? I don't know. So right. Right. I need it to be at the end of chapter one. And, you know, um, you know, C, Super Editor C has told me that. And funny that Brandon McNaught, as I was like struggling over this, I watched one of his videos and he said, one of the things you shouldn't do is not have a long chapter. You shouldn't have a 4,000 word chapter. It's like, are you, are you listening to me in my house somehow? And this yeah. is the video <laughs> that I just watched from two years ago. It's very strange how it works. So I really need to work this out. In fact, that's going to be part of my, my goals for this week um, to do so. Thursday, I had an odd day. I ended up going into work, but we have the smoke from Canada coming down again uh-huh. um, over over the area. So as I have about a two and a half block, uh, maybe one and a half block walk to work from the parking lot that I park in. And I could smell the smoke and then, oh, it's out here. Great. Here we go again. Um, and then I got into the office and I thought, okay, I'm out of the smoke, except the drilling and the sawing from the construction right below us and the four below us, that started to be really loud. And later in the afternoon, 
or in the in the uh, morning the the smell started and it's the it's the smell of like sawing through metal and there was a point at one time when i kind of you know how you kind of taste something on your tongue and you're like mm, what is that well it's dust or dirt that was hanging in the air of our floor and i just I, at lunchtime i had a conversation with someone where i was like i don't know where this it's safest to be inside or outside it's right. really strange so at lunch, I ate my salad and kept working on chapter one. And then around two o'clock, the smell came back. About 2.10, I got up to walk into the cafeteria because I had a bowl of strawberries and watermelon that I wanted to munch on throughout the afternoon. I walked, and I was only in the cafeteria for like a minute. I walked back out of the cafeteria where I could see the whole building. I went, where did everybody go? Like everybody was gone. And I knew <laughs> my coworker, Brian, was on a meeting where he was sharing his screen. So I'm like, oh, he must have went into an office. And our two help desk people, they always go into offices to do meetings. And our project manager who sits right beside me, he's always going to an office for meetings. So I thought, oh, everybody's in meetings. This is weird. So I'm sitting there and it's about 2.30 and the CIO comes over. He's like, oh, hey, I didn't see you sitting over here. I forgot you were over here. I sent everybody home a little while ago. <laughs> and I'm like, you're kidding me. He's like, no, sorry about that. I'm like, no, no big deal. I'm happy to go home. <laughs> so uh, I ended up leaving about 2.30, got home around 3.45. Well, that's, that's too bad because that was a great beginning for an apocalyptic story. Oh, really? Well, okay, ChatGPT and me are going to work together that's later. Right. <laughs> um, so, so I got home and on the way home, I was listening to Joanna Penn. She had a podcast on Thursday come out and it, she was interviewing someone who works at or even founded, I'm not sure, PseudoWrite which you tried and I tried in the past and I wasn't a huge fan of it, but then I started listening to her interview and they talked about this, this thing that it might've been there when I tried it earlier and I just didn't get into it called story engine. Did you try that at all? No, no. It, I was still a member, still had a subscription when that came out. That wasn't part of the, I don't think it was part of the original uh, thing that they released, but yeah, uh, I, I have heard about it, but I don't know anything about it. I tried it out and I am on board 100%. I immediately subscribed uh, to monthly, the $29 a month. Uh, I don't know. It's the middle plan of the three plans. I think you get like 300,000 words a month or 90,000 words a month. I don't even know what it is. It's a, it's a big number. I don't know what it is, but um, I'm all for it. I am all in. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second, but later that night I was at home. Uh, I went to stop at my mom and dad's house to pick up uh, the dog. Cause they got, went and got him since I was working. And we started talking about our trip for the weekend. And I kept asking, like, what time are we leaving? And they didn't know because they weren't sure. Um, they weren't sure what what time dinner was. And I was like, well, why? And they're like, we didn't get an invitation. We thought we'd get somebody. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I just pulled my phone out and texted my niece, the, the one who's getting married. And I was like, hey, what time is dinner? And she said, oh, it's six. And we have a choice between this and this. I said, great. Who's paying for it? Uh -huh. I really wanted to know. And it turns out my sister, who is the mother of the bride and the father of the bride, the, the, the parents on both sides were paying for it. Perfect, because I saw the prices. This is great. Um, <laughs> so then when my dad said, hey, maybe we won't leave until around 11 then, I went, oh, I can golf. Because our tea time was switched to 6.24 a.m. for that past this past weekend and the next couple. So uh, this is fantastic. I'm very excited. I texted the guy. I golfed with him. Hey, I'm coming. Don't, it's just me and you. We can get done by like 9.30. I can get home by 10.30 and I can leave by 11. This is perfect. So. Friday, uh, I was back working from home. Uh, I worked on my website at lunch and I'm working on setting up the data, getting the descriptions and things like that. And while I was looking at the descriptions that I had used in the past uh, on Amazon, I went to book one of my prequel novella, which I put up for 99 cents, even though I'm giving it away in the back of the book. I kind of feel guilty about that a little bit, but not really. I have a bunch of reviews on there and like every one of them is positive. And I'm oh, fantastic. If you look at that book compared to the other two, the number of positive reviews outweighs the number of positive reviews on the other ones. And it has less reviews than the other ones. And it's 
I was like, this is amazing. Uh, and not that the other ones don't have positive reviews. They do, but they also have some negative ones too. This one was like all, it was like all five star and one four star. Right. And I was so excited by this. I read one of them. I was like, this is a great start to a time travel story. Great action, great characters. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Like it made me feel really good. And it also made me go, maybe I'll go ahead and write the second book in this novella trilogy next. Or yeah, next is what I'm thinking. Although it'll probably be at the same time, but next. And and how do I plot it? I know I'll go to pseudo right and see what I can do with this story engine. So I did that, got all the way to the beats, pasting the beats in Scrivener, but I wasn't using it correctly at the time. I wasn't using it the way that you're supposed to use it. So I'll talk about that later on when we get to the the, the best thing I read this this week. I'm going to go over kind of what I did. Okay. Yeah, um, good. Because I'm really interested in this. Yeah. And I, and I think I talked to you about maybe we'll do a, a little bit of a pop-up thing, podcast video type thing, maybe later this week if we have time. Right. Right, because uh, I really, it's, I'm, I'm really excited about it. What the way that it worked compared to ChatGPT is so much better. Um, hey, just, just as an aside here for anybody who's actually listening, they, they probably hear this too. It sounds like something is crumbling paper right next to your microphone. Is I don't know what it could is, possibly be. Is your dog doing something or? No, he's asleep behind me. No, that's weird. I'm not even, I'm not even touching the microphone. Okay, that's weird. Huh. Oh, okay. We'll see if it comes through when I edit. So if it comes yeah. through when I edit, sorry, and we'll fix it next time. But I don't know what it could possibly be. That's really strange. Yeah. Maybe it's like a crackling in your headphones. I hope that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so um, let's see. I worked on the website. I was going through the descriptions, and I, I found the pseudo right stuff. Really liked it. And like I said, I think this is going to be the one thing I, the next thing I do, either after I finish book two, or you know, in the evening. Now I'll do that instead of the space book. Um, because again, I was really excited about it. All right. So then Saturday morning. Now this is the really busy day. Saturday morning. I get up at 4 45 AM to golf, knowing that I have to be home by like 10, 10 30 to get my dog to the, the kennel. And then we have to get on the road by 11. Uh, I got up, took a shower, got out of the shower. I was just working on a few things at my computer before I left. And I heard large rolling thunder and went, okay, I'm not golfing this morning. So I went back to bed. Uh, back up at seven, I dropped Max off at the kennel a little bit earlier, and then we ended up uh, leaving. They, my parents picked me up around 10, and we drove to Dayton. I tried to do a little bit with pseudo right with this um, because I wasn't doing it the right way the first time, so I was doing it the wrong, uh, the right way the second time. Tried to do a little bit with that, and you know, it wasn't easy to work while I was sitting in the front seat keeping my dad company, so I didn't do much with it. Uh, my mom gets nervous when she's on the highway like that. Those those long, fast highway rides with my dad. I think she gets nervous with anybody when she's in the passenger seat. So anytime I go with them, she sits in the back. I sit in the front. It's fine. Uh, we got to my niece's new house and hung out with a bunch of family members for a while. Then we went to the hotel and checked in. We weren't there very long, and it was off to the restaurant. Uh, it's called Fleming's. It's in Dayton. It's like this fancy schmancy place that I would never, ever go to um, if it wasn't for an event like this. I actually had to text my sister the previous night. It was like eight o'clock and I was like, what's the dress code? And she said, um, she said, uh, dress pants and a button down shirt. And I was like, button down shirt. I don't, <laughs> I don't even have dress pants. And she's like, you don't have one pair of dress pants. I said, I don't think so. I checked all my dressers. The only dress pants I have are like this suit that I bought for interviews. I'm not wearing a suit. Um, <laughs> So I wrote back to her. I'm like, I have golf shorts that are really nice. And she's like, no shorts. And I wrote back and I'm like, well, how about black jeans and a polo? She said, yeah, that'll work. So that, you know, I was the only one wearing a polo. Every, every one of those poor suckers had button shirts. I was probably the most comfortable, which is all I care about. Um, so we got there at like six, maybe five 30, you know, you have like the, the, 
the appetizers and I didn't touch them because I'm so picky. I was afraid of what they might be. I ordered water the whole time. I was so proud of myself for not getting oh. any any sugary pop. I asked the guy if he had Coke Zero. He said no. Um, so then they come around and they ask you for your entree and your dessert. I was the only person that didn't order dessert. Very proud of my willpower there. Oh, also. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So back to the hotel by like nine and I was up for a little bit, but not long enough to do anything. And then I fell asleep. Then this morning I set my alarm for six 30 to make sure I got up. Uh, so I could try to do a little work before breakfast, but we went to breakfast earlier than I thought. And we went to, there's a Bob Evans right around the corner. I love it. I did. I threw the sugary thing out the, the no added sugar thing out the window for breakfast this morning. Although I just got eggs, bacon and hash browns and water. I didn't really get anything that was high in sugar. So I think I did okay. Anyway. Uh, then we were on our way home. Got home around noon. I went to the grocery store. I went to the kennel to get my dog. And then after I came home, I started listening to the Matthew J. Holmes Amazon ads training. And at the same time that I was working on my website some more, and I realized about three videos in that there's no way I could just sit and listen to this guy. If I'm going to, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to do it right. I've got to give it my full attention. He had some really nice looking worksheets and he had a really nice looking, um, like Excel spreadsheet and uh, like calculator where you could put all your numbers in for the month and it would add up everything and give you something at the bottom. Really interesting. And again, being the Excel guy, I'm going to have to take a look at this. Yeah. I don't know if my sales or my ads are high enough to justify using it, but I might as well start using it now. And then once I get to that point, cause I will get there. I know I've been doing this podcast since 2018 and I know I've been writing books since then and publishing and I still have like very little sales, but I'm going to get there. I'm not worried about uh, worked on the website for a long time, probably about three hours, say, adding in little things. I wanted to add in a a, uh, a reading order list. So if you click on the time travel books where there are four, three books published, two in the works, and a third one is the, the final novella. I wanted to really put on there, here's the order. I think you should read them with little descriptions on there. So it took me a while to do that. The more I, the farther along I get with this website, the more pages I have, the more code I have, the harder it is to use chat GPT because it forgets so much. And I have so many things. So mm-hmm. if I want to make a change to a page, I paste the code in there and say, this is what I have right now. Change it. So it does this. And then two posts later, I say, I change this instead. And it completely forgets what it gave me the first time. So it's uh-huh. harder and harder to use chat. In fact, uh, over the last week or two, I've made gone in a lot of, gone in and made a lot of the changes myself just as I know how to code it. Um, but I'm getting close. In fact, if you go to jerryevanoffauthor.com right now, it's there. It's up. It's there. I like the way it looks. There are still some bugs. There's a page that doesn't load for some reason. The about me page has like the 90 questions that I had that ChatGPT make up for me. So there's a lot there right now. And I'm, I'm close. I'm really close to finish with it. I have a contact page. The, the submit doesn't work. The email doesn't work yet. So little things like that I still have to come up with. Jerry Evanoff author. Dot com. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Interesting. I, is it, I, is it, I, I punched that in. I punched that in and went to your Facebook page. <laughs> Real. Oh, it's, it's just Jerry Evanoff author.com. Yeah. yeah it should let load. Try, let me try again. So yeah. Jerry Evanoff author, author, a U T H O R.com. Yep. yep. Oh, there we go. I don't it, I must've done something wrong. Yeah. Well, it might've switched you to, to facebook.com slash Jerry Evanoff author. Could have been. Yeah. Could yeah. Have been. So, no, it looks good. Yeah. It's a lot. It's very simplistic, which I like. Well, I, I wouldn't call it simplistic. It's clean. And you yeah, don't see, you, a, you don't see go. a lot of clean author websites anymore. Go. Yeah. They've gotten, they've gotten really, uh, except for people who know what they're doing, because you know, these clean websites are the ones that really convert supposedly. I hope um, you're right. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're, you're, you're um, going to find out. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I would say I'm about 85% of the way done with it, and I'm going to continue to work on it throughout this week. And I don't think I'll get to 100% this week because I have a lot of things I want to do, but uh, it's getting really close. So, yeah. yeah. Well, in addition to what I've already talked about in terms of uh, doing a little bit of gardening, doing that thousand words every day, getting a little bit of writing in, making some progress on uh, uh, promoting the Vela's. I also took a big step this week and that I've been talking about doing forever, and that is actually getting something up on my URL website. Uh, and it's actually the landing page for my Vela's that I can then pr- I can uh, push people to it using Facebook ads. And I started that yesterday, I actually created a few ads, and it took a little bit of preparation in order to do that because I didn't really have any creatives. And when you think about it, you know, it's really hard to come up with, with good creatives for mystery stories. Romance, it's a slam dunk. You need a woman, a guy, you know, embracing or whatever, something or, or showing tension between them or something like that. Science fiction, it's easy. You throw a spaceship, a planet, you know, an astronaut or something up there. Uh, that's easy to do. Fantasy, again, you know, you got a sword, you got elves, you got, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, mystery, it's, it's kind of a... Uh, kind of one of those, those genres where it's uh, less about what the people and the, the world looks like and more about what's going on in the world. So I, I, I landed on the only thing I could think of, which was to kind of portray the characters in uh, mysterious settings or uh, something that looked like it was a mystery, mysterious settings. So I turned to Midjourney the uh, uh, artistic AI to try to generate some of these. And along the way, I've been playing with Midjourney quite a bit over the last couple of months. So I've picked up a few tips and tricks, but they've come out with a new version. They're constantly coming out with new versions, new upgrades. And they're on 5.2 now. 5.2 is a a big um, step up from what they had previously in that you can pretty specifically tell them what you're looking for. And this is really the, the, the trick with Midjourney. You can't go in there and use it with any kind of real preconceived notion of what it's supposed to look like exactly. It will not work for you if you've got something exact in mind. But what if you have a sense of what you want in terms of the atmosphere you want to portray, in terms of if you're going to have characters in, in the image, what the character's kind of look like in terms of, you know, their age, maybe their hair color, their builds, things like that. If you give that all mid journey and just turn it loose, it will come up with some pretty decent things for you. And it will, uh, you can keep on kind of like with chat GTP, you can just keep on telling it, okay, do it again, do it again, do it again, until you come up with something that's pretty close. Then once you do come up with something pretty close, then you can make variations on the one thing that you want. And when you make the variations, and this is something I discovered recently, it would never work for me before. If I went with variations, it would do something completely different than what I was, than what I had actually kind of settled on as being fairly close. And I realized it's because when you hit that variation button, it automatically wants to fill the prompt with what your original prompt was. Um, you got to get rid of that because all it's going to do is it's going to be respin. A, a new generation of uh, images for you. But if you get rid of that prompt and you fill in there, say, okay, this is good, except I want the, the uh, characters to look younger or I want them to look older or I want it to be a nighttime setting instead of a, a daytime setting. Or I want the background to be an ocean scene instead of a desert scene. 
it will do that. It will keep the character for you and it'll just do the small changes that you want it to do. So I had a lot of fun playing with that uh, because I, I did some character, some uh, images with characters facing out, looking at the viewer. I did some kind of more like thriller covers where the character's walking with the back, their back to you into a scene. I did a few things like that. Came up with four images I really liked. I came up with two different kinds of descriptions of my stories. And this was just for Death Comes to Paradise. I haven't even done the other one yet. And I uh, created a dynamic ad uh, yesterday where I have those four images and the two descriptions. And I'm just going to turn it loose and let it run for a while. Uh, so far, I, you know, I, I have to go back and I have to see, okay, what's, what, what's good click rate? What's a good whatever? in terms of metrics, whether you think the ad's working or not, it's going to have to go for a while because we've got, you know, four images and two different descriptions. I'm not sure how many, how how many combinations that would be, but it's probably on the order of 10 or 12 different combinations. Uh, It's going to take a while for Facebook to spin through those and get enough people to see them in order to be able to decide what the best choice is. But I've had like just short of a thousand impressions. I've had like 20 clicks. The thing is I've had no click through to, the uh velas nobody has has sampled any of them so at the moment i don't even know if that part works it seems to work for me because when i give it a test uh it seems to physically be working uh it may be something about the page that i laid out there that is either counterintuitive people when they hit it or just so many people are hitting it that are not familiar with the idea of serials and vela that they're just freezing at that point and leaving i kind of shy away from that idea a little bit in that my audience is only Wattpad users. So people should be familiar with the idea of serials. Um, there's no other, there's no other real stipulations on, on who the audience is. It's a relatively small audience. So I actually, don't, it's like 2 million people. So I really don't know if Facebook will even get enough impressions to be able to make some decisions about these ads, but we'll see. I mean, I'm going to let it go for a week. Uh, can you target few... Vela in Facebook? Is that oh, no, you can't, and that's the you thing. Can. Okay. You can only do the, the. There's two different serials you can serial sites you can target. One is Wattpad, the most popular. There's another one, and I can't bring up the name right away. And I couldn't when I was creating the ad and was too lazy to look it up uh, that I've used before. That's a um, kind of a choose your own adventure kind of serial site. I like and, that. Yeah, it's some and so I. I'm going to have to run that down too, because that'll expand the audience a little bit, I'm sure. But we'll see what happens. Uh, it was kind of fun to play with Midjourney. Uh, maybe at some point later this week or whatever, we can we can do a little drop po- drop a podcast about how to go through and do something like that if you're interested in doing it. I would love to do that. I was I was my idea has always been, you know, I saw an a, a video on YouTube months ago where a, a guy used Midjourney and ChatGPT and a couple other ones to create an actual person or an avatar who's speaking. And I love the idea of having that on my webpage on each of the books to have right. the character actually saying what the book is about. Right. Um, and then I heard Paul this morning on his podcast talking about, and I don't remember who it was, but he had, he had run into somebody at, I believe self-publishing show who created a movie poster with the cast of characters using Midjourney to create those cast of characters. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to sell anything, but it's cool. And I like right. that idea a lot. So, right. You know, that's, you know, for people like us, that's kind of, <laughs> if we can get some, uh, get some utility out of uh, the playing with the tech, then that, that actually substitutes for a lot of book sales. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
so we'll see what happens with, with, with this mid journey thing. Uh, I, di- I did let it go for a day for 24 hours. I saw that it was getting clicks. I saw that not, there was nothing was happening in terms of, of Vela reads. And I decided, well, I'm just going to let it run. I can tell from uh, the stats on, on my webpage that people, that's at least half the clicks, they are clicking through to the Vela site. What they're seeing when they try to do that, I have no idea. There's no way to know. Um, and I, I can only see it by the stats on my website that, that I have a, a plugin that I have there because I completely failed this week in setting up a Metapixel on my 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 page i just can't get it to work i i have absolutely no idea why it won't work um so that's not another thing that's probably going to occupy my time in the coming week try to figure out this metapixel business i don't know if you've ever used them if you've been able to so caro set up set up a facebook pixel for me when i when she did the web page for us back in 2019 for Lindsay and i and it was I, I i used it on any ad that i did when i was playing with facebook ads for a while um, but at some point it broke and I don't know why it broke. And if I go there now, it says your pixel is broke, click here to fix it. And when I click there to fix it, there's nothing there that tells me what the problem is or how to fix it. And I've kind of just ignored it since then, but yeah. at some point I might go back to it, but I haven't. In- yeah. I, I really, I would really like to have that because I, I would really like to see what that people are actually clicking on, uh, the landing page when they get there. And uh, I suppose it doesn't matter so much in terms of building a custom audience because the custom audience should be off of people actually clicking on the ad itself and moving through. So I'd still be able to build custom audiences, but it just irks me that there's this little snippet of code that I've tried doing it automatically through WordPress to be supposedly integrated with, with Facebook. I've tried to do it manually and I just can't get it to work. And it's nothing, nothing irks me more than you know, it's kind of like having the microphone unplugged. You know, it's, it's just, I know <laughs> there should a, be simple. There's a simple solution. Yeah. There's a simple solution. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, is most, it, most of my week was, was, was playing tech games with uh, stuff and that. The picture that you sent me, is that one of the ones you're using? Oh, I can't remember what it was now that I sent it's you. It's phenomenal. It yeah. is. Oh, phenomenal. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you said to me, hey, here's a movie picture, a screenshot of like Alicia Cuthbert and Kaylee Cuoco in my in my in the movie version of my book, I'd be like, yeah, this is per- it looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It's doing a really, really good job with that. And that picture took some adjusting. I, I did some adjusting in terms of their hair colors, in terms of how they were situated, the, what the background would look like. Just the light, though, the light on that side the of their faces showing the darkness behind them that's like you can tell that's a spooky scene in a movie right. like it's right. or, or a tense scene in a movie yeah right. and what's neat is uh, in these very in uh one of the other options they've added r- relatively recently is you can en- end up generating a picture like that but then you can tell okay i want you to zoom out or zoom in so you can you can get it so the the background is in re- relationship to the characters themselves it's exactly how you want it to look uh it's it's really it's a really a neat New, neat toy. Uh, it'll be, you know, the, both Midjourney and ChatGPT are getting sued up one side and down the other right now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how long that stuff lasts. Well, I'm paying for ChatGPT and now I'm paying for Suda right now. I have a feeling by the end of the week I'll be paying for Midjourney. You, you might, you might. I and, I, and I'll probably be back with Suda right after I hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, 
we were going to discuss a little bit, of, I think, about we're at the midpoint of the year and kind of check back with uh, the goals that we had set at the beginning uh, in January to see where we were. My initial goals were just habit formation. I wanted to, to form some better writing and personal habits in order to uh, make this year a little bit more productive and a little more healthy uh, than the previous year was. Uh, a lot of the health stuff was kind of outside my control, but once I, I did go into uh, into management for some of the uh, more serious health issues I had, I just threw everything else out the window, like the eating and the exercise and all that, because I said, oh, what the hell, uh, we'll just go with it. So most of these I've kind of half-assed up to this point. And, well, it's halfway through the year, so that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And, and those are the things like exercise and eating better. Um I, I tend to eat okay anyways. Uh, I throw in the uh, occasional ice cream trip and things like that in order to uh, perk myself up. Um, but I am losing weight. Uh, I'm, I'm not particularly dieting at all. It's just that, and, and part of this, I can't even take credit for. Part of it, I can uh, just uh, give credit to Mother Nature. When it's so blasted hot, you just don't feel like eating. And even though it's not hot in the house, like, you know, we have to crank up the air conditioner a little bit unless I want to take out a second mortgage. But even so, you know, it's like 78 in the house and that's not terribly hot. But, you know, your, your appetite's suppressed. But I've managed to lose about 10 pounds since the beginning of the year. So I'm down to about 222 right now. I uh, started about 232 actually. I, I was at 232 at my peak during radiation when I was just eating anything that came in sight. So I, I, I'm doing good with the eat better. I'm going to continue to do that throughout the week or throughout the year. Uh, it, it's it's easier to do in the summer than the winter, partly because of the fact that you've got lots of fresh fruit and vegetables around uh, that are in good good quality. Uh, the other part is being is my genetic heritage of being Eastern European that. You know, the second it even looks like it's going to get cold, you want to start packing on the carbohydrates in order to survive the winter. <laughs> so, uh, exercise, we've been back to the gym, my wife and I, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, my foot that I had broken earlier in the year is probably about at about 90, 95% right now. So I was actually went to the, uh, when, once when I went to the gym this week, I actually got on the uh, elliptical trainer uh, and did about 15, 20 minutes on that. And didn't have any negative repercussions on the foot. So I'll be, I'm basically back into exercise mode, keeping track of my accomplishments. I'm still not a, a person that keeps track of stuff. And I really need to do that. Uh, it would make these podcasts a whole lot easier if I actually every day in the evening for five minutes went in and just put down what I did during the day. But do I do that? No, I don't. Instead, I open up another YouTube video and watch that instead. Uh, <clears throat> setting a time, dedicated time to do writing. Uh, haven't really done that. I've tried to do that off and on. My schedule is, is so weird because of uh, things I have to do with my wife and, and other stuff that goes on that they always seem to be inter to get interrupted. I'm good to get in an hour or two where I say, okay, it doesn't matter when during the day, just to say, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to write for these, this hour or two. Uh, if I can keep that up, I probably won't ever be able to schedule that at a particular time during the day. But uh, just doing the writing itself. I did not, because I forgot we were going to do this recap, I did not see how many words I've written this year so far. But I think it, just kind of um, adding it up in my head here while I'm talking, I'm thinking it's pretty close to the order of uh, 150, 200,000 words. So it's not too bad. It's not, it's not great. Lots of people do tons more. Lots of people do less. So it's, it's something. I'm, I'm keeping at it and I'm keeping, uh, 
I'm keeping excited about it. I think it's, which is part of the good thing. You want to be able to, uh, you don't want it to become a drudgery to have to sit down and write. In fact, when it starts to feel like that, that's when I say, okay, I'm going to take a couple of days off. I'm going to do something else. Because there's obviously something else that's niggling at the back of my head that I feel like I should be doing that I'm not. And I do that. So if I have to look at my biggest accomplishment so far for the first six months, it's the fact that although I've not scheduled it very well, I have been writing and I've been continuing to write. I have a couple of stories out there that are unfinished, obviously, but they're, they're progressing on Vela. I have been making money at it. And that's one of the, th- one of the late at, uh, goals that I had for the year, which was to uh, start taking it a little bit more seriously, start looking towards uh, generating some income from this writing. My goal for the year was to reach uh, $3,500 in, in net profit. And here I, I wrote down, I'm surprised I did it this way, to reach $3,500 profit net of marketing expenses. I'm going to, I'm going to reach that this year because I'm already uh, at about 15, 1600, I think for the year. And that's not counting the, uh, the royalties and bonuses I have yet to be paid for the next basically two months, uh, the way that it rolls in with Amazon. So I'm going to be easily be able to make that on the, on a net of marketing expenses, but I also had a bottom line goal of two thousand uh, dollars, counting all expenses. That I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, if it is going to happen, I'm going to have to stop doing things like paying two hundred eighty-five dollars for my post office box, which I just did yesterday, <laughs> uh, because I can gen- I can below marketing expenses, I can generate a lot of expenses in subscriptions and little bells and whistles and stuff. Court, little small short courses that seem to not cost very much, but they add up over time. Oh yeah. Uh, and the other thing is this, uh, getting into Matthew J. Holmes, uh, 60 minute author program. I did that a little bit, uh, enough in order to be able to set, do a little bit of strategizing to set these kinds of financial goals, but I really haven't pushed that any further. I'll probably have to get back to that in the latter part of the year just to see what it's all about. So if I had to give myself a grade, yeah, maybe a C, so far for the year. Uh, so, but, but there's plenty of, like you said, there's half a year left. There's plenty of time, at least to get that up to a B and A is probably out of reach. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So for me, you know, in terms of the books, I wanted to do three books in the murder mystery series and book one's published book two is basically first draft done. And now I'm getting to the editing third book. I don't know if it's going to make it by the end of December. It took me a little bit longer to get book one finished and get book two plotted. So, you know, we'll see if that, that happens. Um, I did write a short story though, which was nice. And, uh, you know, the Melanie Harlow strategy that I, I really enjoyed so much last year involved bonus scenes that you put in the back of your book. Mine turned into a short story that I put in the back of the book that I'm also giving away on like book funnel and that kind of thing. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm veering from the bonus scene to the short story. Is that going to hurt me? Help me? I have no idea. Um, I guess we'll see as it goes on. I wanted to build a mailing list for this series, the murder mystery series using Facebook ads and bonus scenes. Um, You know, I did it. It didn't work, but uh, I'm going to call it a pass because I actually did it. I I didn't write in there, uh, be successful at it. I just wrote, do it. So I'm calling it a pass because I did it. Um, So it didn't work in the sense that you didn't, you didn't drive any sales. Right. Didn't just drive the subscribers I was hoping for that would turn into sales once the book was released. Uh, figure out what the bonus scenes were, and I would call that done because I figured out that I'm going to write these little short stories potentially after each book. 
um, to kind of further the plot of the overall mystery. But then I kind of decided, do I just want this to be a trilogy where I have maybe five books or six books, three of them being short stories or two of them being short stories with the three, and then try to put that together as a box set and then do my next three um, basically where he's now not a amateur sleuth. He's now become a private investigator, which is what's leading to uh, I figure out when I want to do all that. When do I want to solve the overarching story of the whole thing? Do I want to do it in book three? Can I let it run until book nine? I have no idea yet. So that'll kind of go, go along as I go. Settle on newsletter provider. I mean, mail light, author emails, something else. Uh, I don't know where I'm going now. I do like what, what we were talking about earlier, which is what Paul said about just getting a year of, of Mailerlite and just stay in the classic until they force you out at that same price until they just force you out or switch over to something else. Now, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know when I'll know that either. Uh, at some point, once I figure that out, and actually, if I'm going to stay with Mailerlite, I don't have to figure that out. I can go ahead and start sending regular newsletters out um, based on what Melanie said with her talk in terms of the kind of things she puts in her, her newsletter. I have that in my notes somewhere because if you go to the YouTube video, I don't think it's there, but I do have that in my notes. She said, keep them simple. I've sent out one so far based on a free giveaway. I feel like I should send another one. That's just a regular email saying, Hey, how are you? Uh, but I have not done that yet. Uh, the extra, right. Uh, the extra thing I added in was write and publish two novels or two novellas. Um, this was going to be the second and third books of my sci-fi prequel trilogy. I put that in early in the year because I really wanted to get it done this year. Uh, and now with the AI, I think it, it can actually happen um, because of the way that AI helps me plot. If, you know, at the beginning of the year, I wanted to write three three novels and, and a couple of uh, bonus scenes or a couple of short stories or, or novellas. But I knew that was going to be tough. But with with AI out there helping me plot, which is probably the thing I like the least about writing, everything else I really like. I'm not a huge fan of plotting because you have to just sit there and try to come up with something and, and, and work it. And I don't feel like I'm getting anything done when I'm plotting. It also takes longer than I want it to. But with this AI and with what I've done with ChatGPT and what I've done the last couple of days with Pseudowrite, I think it's, I think that can really speed up my plotting to just take a few days, maybe a week, which gives me a lot more time to go ahead and write the story. And not only that, it also makes the story easier to write because when I use those AI tools, it also gives me the beats um, or it gets me to the point where I have the beats. So I have to sit down and write it. Um, and, and you can customize it as you're plotting how you want. So it is, again, this is the thing that I still struggle in my head with about, you know, using the AI to plot. Is that now no longer my story? Is AI now a co-writer? And I'm to the point now where it's, to me, it's not because I'm still writing the story, but it is a co-plotter. I mean, it is a, uh, uh, and I'm going to hold up air quotes when I say person that I'm bouncing it's plotting ideas off of, you know, it's like when I'm sitting in my writer's club and we're talking about plotting and, and coming up with different ideas. It's no different. Yeah. In fact, I was just thinking that while you were talking, you know, this is so 2020s where, you know, especially after COVID and isolation and people being locked down, not being able to gather in groups that, uh, you know, we've, we've turned to tech to solve the problem of interaction and being able to brainstorm with people by just having, you know, some faceless, nameless thing at the other end of the void, helping us get through that process, as opposed to, you know, a group of people sitting around a table who, you know, if you're, if you're really, you know, seriously picking their brains, you're going to end up having to buy their beers anyway. So might as well, might as well spend the subscription on AI to do it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I really, it's just, it's so much faster this way. I really like this. Um, An important one that I need to work out. I wrote, this needs to be worked out now. This is like back in January. Um, I need to come up with just all the platforms I was going to use plotting and software and formatting. And and I'm there. I mean, Scrivener I'm writing with, I'm using plotter to plot, uh, to put my plot into, I'm using Google docs to put it in there also. 
Uh, and then I'm formatting with Atticus. And I did that with book one in terms of all the, the writing and the formatting. Everything's working great. Uh, I'm so glad that this whole Dropbox thing, uh, I was able to work it out with Scrivener where I had so much trouble with it about a year ago. But now knowing the correct process, I'm able to work it out. And it's, I have had zero problems with Scrivener. The one time I opened up a Scrivener on my laptop one night on my couch, it told me, hey, it's still open somewhere else. I immediately closed it and went back to work and everything was fine. So, right. um, well, yeah, that's, you know, the, the Scrivener and the, the Dropbox combination, that's pretty a seamless way and fit to save your work and make sure you don't lose it. And especially if you also have like an external hard drive or something that you're backing stuff up on, which is what I do. I have one sitting here on my desk. Uh, and then if you're really paranoid about losing stuff every week or so, you can go ahead and email your draft to yourself and then you've got it. In oh, that's four a good idea. Yeah, you got it in four different places, and you should never really lose a whole lot of stuff. I, it really hurts me and pains me to see these people on Facebook and in, in, in some of the groups where they say, oh, "My, you know, my my uh, computer crashed, my laptop crashed, and I lost my entire novel, and I've got no backups. I got no way to get to it because the only backups I had were on different places on my hard drive, which doesn't make any sense. But I mean, that's you know, people who are non-techie." You know, they think, well, you got it in a couple of different places. You should be able to recover it. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you get lucky. You, you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks to get somebody to <laughs> recover it for you. But, uh, yeah, at the very least, email. You only have to do Dropbox. You don't have to save it in the cloud. Just email it to yourself because you're essentially doing the same thing by doing that. It'll be up there on – if you got Gmail, Google will hang on to that almost forever. Well, I did set up Scrivener on my laptop. Every time I close Scrivener, it creates a backup on a folder on my laptop. Right. I did the same thing on my desktop. So every time I close it, so it doesn't matter which computer I'm using, it backs it up locally on that computer. And then I have the Dropbox copy that's the active copy. So I don't right. have any fear. So, yeah, yeah, I've got the same thing. I close Scrivener. It creates a backup. Uh, the, the copy I'm working on, it, well, it saves the file I'm working on. It creates a backup. It uh, uh, gets saved onto my external hard drive. Um, it gets saved out to Dropbox and also, uh, because of the way Macs work, if you set them up correctly, there's a time machine feature where it takes a snapshot of your entire picture every hour and will save it in ad infinitum. Eventually what it does is, is, is if you get enough of them built up, it'll just go down to saving a snapshot, like from six months ago right now, I probably only have a snapshot at the end of every week or something like does, that. Does it take up a lot of space? Like, where are you saving that? I, I, you know, I really don't know how big how much space it takes up. I, I've got a two terabyte drive, so I, it doesn't, it's not an issue. Interesting. Um, yeah. And it's in a, it's in a compressed format. You can't, you know, you yeah. have to, right. so, yeah, I, I, that's a good question. I actually have to, should look that up and see exactly how much space it's taking. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Um, I'm, I'm not even close a, to using it, oh, a lot of space still available on the hard drive. Yeah, in fact, let me, um, you know, just for... I, I was doing that on a on a hard drive, a two terabyte hard drive too with my old computer. And I just never went back to it where I was backing up like every day or whatever. And Yeah, so I've, I've had this. This is a late 2015 iMac. No, I can't be right. Late 2017, my iMac, I believe. And um, I have one and a half terabytes still open. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're like, wow. And you've been, you've been doing that backup for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's impressive. It, it, it's very good. It's really good about the way it handles it. You know, it'll keep hourly backups for a couple of weeks. It'll keep weekly backups for a couple of years. And then it goes to like monthly. So you, okay. know, you, you get far enough out and you're not really storing a whole lot. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. 
Um, let's see. I, I would, I, for my first book, I was writing in Excel every day. I actually came up with a schedule, write this many words, moved it out all the way. I was going to do that for every book. And I just haven't done that for any of the other books. Yeah. So that's pretty much a fail, but it's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, anyway, I can set up something in my house to where I'm comfortable with writing without distractions. Yeah, I actually did it. It's right behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to set it to look like some of the restaurants I go to and it's worked out really well. I don't use it all the time when I, but when I, when there are times I want to sit at home and just write during lunch, something like that, I'll just sit there and it, it works well. Um, get my paperbacks up on a site like draft to digital. I've done that with one of the paperbacks. I need to do the rest. And then I couldn't figure out why that paperback wasn't showing up on Amazon um like it did the first time i did that and then had to pull it down and i saw a, a blog post or an email or something come across where uh drafted digital i think it was from drafted digital where they said they're having some trouble with amazon and the paperbacks going up there oh like, yeah okay that's probably what's happening to me so i'm gonna keep my eye on that uh post now every now and then on patreon we, you know we haven't done a great job with that but i think we're gonna start up with that maybe this week so uh, we'll get back to there um, Facebook author page based on Shoneman's 20 books talk. I'm actually doing pretty well at that. It's been about eight or nine weeks now. Um, my followers are up about 10 since I started. Uh, I still miss days every now and then, but I think tonight I'll try to schedule a couple things for the week and then try to do be schedule a couple things for the week on days where I know I don't have anything going on. Like tomorrow I work and I'm not doing anything in the evening. So I could mm-hmm. see scheduling something for that. Uh, same with Wednesday. I already have an idea for Wednesday. So we'll do something like that. Um, let's see Vegas in November. I'm not doing that. Uh, I, I talked a couple of weeks ago about maybe going ahead with it, but you know, in terms of vacation days for work, I don't have enough left to actually do that and go on the golf trip, even though I don't know if the golf trip is going to happen or I need to save the days just in case. So. Right. Well, I went, I went and looked after we talked about it, looked to see if I could find an agenda for the, for the, uh, for the meeting and I couldn't find one. So yeah, I've kind of given up on that idea unless they, they come out with an agenda and there's something there that looks really interesting. Did you see the email that Craig sent out yesterday? I think it was, or maybe this morning where they were, they were having like all volunteers do the AV. They're looking for people with, they're very basically looking for me, somebody right. who's computer knowledge, good audio video skills. Uh, I'm happy to sit in one room all day and, and, and do that. Um, you know, that, you know, I'd want to see the, the, the talks, but I hated how bad the video quality was last year right. where I'd be like, well, let me at least get my stuff up there. I'll feel confident that I can do it correctly. Um, they'd actually pay for your conference fee, pay for your hotel and give you $500 in cash, kind of a stipend. I'm like, that's pretty much pays for the trip. So if right. I was going to do that, I probably would try to volunteer to do one of those, but I just don't have the vacation days to yeah. do it. So, and they, and again, you know, they would snap you up being an it guy anyways, you know? So yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I have a great resume to do that. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keep my audible subscription for the whole year and use it. It was going great until I canceled it in April because I just wasn't using it enough. Right. Um, I have some golf goals and none of them are happening. So I'm not going to get into those um, financial pay off the car. I did that save the six months of bills, the emergency fund. I'm a good 80% of that. And it'll probably be done by the end of July. Start thinking about what needs to be done in my house and get it ready to sell. I've already started that. And I actually have a list that I'm working through right now. I've crossed two things off the list, which is nice. And then stick to the money thing, which uh, I'm doing really well at also. So it's, it's, I think I'm about, I think I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself a C also only because I'm on my way to an A. I really think most of these are doable. So maybe I'll have like an A minus if I'm going to give myself a grade, but most of these are doable. It's weird. I've set a ton of goals for myself every year in the past on this podcast and usually failed at most of them, but I'm actually sticking to most of these, which is kind of strange. I don't know. Yeah. In fact, you know, if if you think about this as a, uh, as, as if this was the midpoint of a semester and you're looking at, you know, where the student is and whether they're going to get to where they want to go by, you know, what they've turned in so far, and the stuff that they've drafted and whatever, I'd say you're a solid B. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna get there 
unless something just kind of the bottom falls out of something you're going to get right. there on, on most of these yeah um, which is good i feel good about that so yeah uh just a, a brief thing about this your audible subscription i know you canceled it way back when i don't know if we talked about it when you did that uh is there any with Audible? Is there a way to just suspend your subscription, or is it? Uh, is I think it, there is, okay. but but if if I go, I could basically cancel it and go back to it for the same price. So there's no difference. They don't oh. offer me. I, I might get a deal. I think they when you go to cancel, I think they do offer you a deal where it's like, oh, we'll give it to you for six ninety five for a month or whatever. And it's just it wasn't about the money, which I wasn't listening to it. You know, I haven't. Okay. I have some books on here that I've listened to. I still have like three or four though in my queue that I haven't even touched. Right. Um, so it's just, it's more about the fact that I'm not driving two hours every day like sure. I used to. And that and I don't really sit and listen to books while I'm like sitting here working. Well, so, no. Um, yeah. It's really hard. To, yeah. It's hard to yeah, do that. Can't do it. And, can't concentrate. Yeah. No. Right. And I, I've, uh, I had that Libro FM uh, subscription and I still have the subscription, but it's been suspended now for like about six months in my, uh, my wife uh, the other day or the other week wanted to get an audiobook because she couldn't get a, her hands on a physical book and she really wanted to listen to the next one in the series she was reading. I said, well, let's look on Libro FM. It turns out I, I couldn't remember why I suspended it. I remembered that I did suspend it. But it turns out when I went on there, I had like 12 credits still. So I could get 12, 12 oh, audiobooks that, that wow. had built up. And uh, so, yeah. One so, credit per book? One credit per book, right. Oh. Nice. So, you're, gonna so, some, you're gonna have a nice little library built. That's there. right. That's a lot of listening to do. And what's really nice about it, it probably works this way with Audible too. If you suspend, is you can go back. You can go back and listen to the books that you've already got there. And it's you know right. And I have like I listen to the Lost Stars Star Wars book about once a year, right. and it's my one of my favorite books of all time. So I still have that, and I have some other ones I still go back and listen to. So, yeah. all right. Um, in terms of my running list of future things to do, uh, working on my website, uh, really close. I still need to add little things like. Uh, uh, the privacy page, you know, I probably should have one. I, I think Caro stressed that when she set up my, my website back in 2019. But then if you look at the bottom of my current website, there's a refund page and a terms and conditions. And if you click on either of them, there's nothing in there. It just says edit page coming mm -hmm. soon. So I don't, I don't know if I put those on there. I need to make the email version of my contact page work. Um, and then update the data some more and just make these little changes I want to make. So I'm really close. I'm really close in that. Uh, keep working through the Mark Dawson Amazon ads course and get into the Matthew J. Holmes one. Create more. I mean, I'm at 6,000, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, views. When, you know, when the, the pay, oh, what's uh, in, in, oh, God, words are so hard. Um, what is it? Impressions. I'm at like 6,081 oh, okay. impressions right now. I have three clicks, no sales, 15 cents per click. So like one click every 2,000 is not going to work. So I need to get, get more with this uh, Matthew J. Holmes stuff and and see if I can make that better. Yeah, uh, on, on, on a, as an aside, there's a lot of people that are uh, complaining about um, the slowdown in sales on Amazon in particular, and even the slowdown in reads. Now, not everybody, you know, the, the people who, the, the big names who have, you know, built-in audiences that are pretty much price insensitive to their work, uh, they're, they're not seeing much of a change, but you know, people who are on kind of mid list or lower who are still trying to build audiences, you know, the, the increase in cost of living is really hitting, hitting, I think some book sales. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that you can't do it. You can't build up uh, a readership and build up a, an income stream, but it's just probably going to take a little bit longer in the current environment that we're in. Right. Yeah. 
I still want to make a couple things for OBS before you and I use it. I think I'm going to do that on July 4th, Tuesday, since I'm off work, yeah. just trying to get that ready so that if we do decide to pop up on Thursday and or Friday, you know, we have a, a nice little setup to, to work with. Um, I'm going to finish plotting the second prequel novella in my series. I'm almost done with it and I'm probably going to go ahead and write it next. And I may even write it in, like I said, in the evenings while I'm working on the murder mystery during my normal writing time. Uh, you know, I, I have in here set up author, not email, but I'm still kicking around the idea of Marilyn light after hearing Paul Teague talk about it this morning. So, and then lastly, uh, I talked about Grammarly or, uh, last week. I really think I'm going to go back to Grammarly at some point. Uh, pro writing is just so intrusive to the point now where I'm on websites, I'm actually just hiding, not telling it. You're not allowed to do work on this. So I, I did it with SudaWrite and ChatGPT today. I've done it with some of my Google Docs pages. It's just, it's, it's again, intrusive is the best word I can use for it. it just gets in the way and it drives me crazy. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I would ever use any kind of grammar corrector uh, except as a last pass or a pass that you control through, through writing. Otherwise you write the, the intrusiveness of those little squiggly lines and stuff. It's just, it just takes you out of whatever you're doing. Um, well, I do like it when I'm, um, I do like it when I'm writing emails, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, but other than that, yeah, I really don't need it anywhere else until like you said, get to the final. And I really like Grammarly's UI better. So, right. Um, now, you know, but uh, Gmail, for example, well, Google just in general has their own built in uh, spell checker and grammar. Well, maybe not so much grammar checker, but definitely a spell checker. Uh, right. Easy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. And then uh, let me get to my addicted to for the week. It was those U two YouTube channels I talked about. It was um, what was it? Brandon McNulty. And I'll link to both of these in the show notes. But Brandon McNulty's author page was really good. It was different from some of the ones I've watched in the past. Uh, and then the mystery recapped page, which I was just so entertaining to watch uh, some of the stories that he, he had for it. So. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check those out. My dictature is the same as last week: air conditioning and sweating. Although coming up close uh, in the spot number three would be Baskin Robbins and their chocolate dipped waffle cones, which I'd never had until this past week, and those things are delicious. That stuffed with a couple of scoops of Rocky Road ice cream, and you know you go into an insulin coma by the time you make it back home. <laughs> I um haven't had ice cream in like five weeks. Maybe I think it's actually four weeks, no, five weeks today was the last time I had ice cream. And I found out that while my dog was at the kennel last night, um, she texted me and said, Oh, by the way, I just took your dog for ice cream. So he's now had more ice cream than me. Uh, <laughs> kind of jealous about that. Yeah. That's a nice um, kennel. That's like five stars. <laughs> well, she's the, so she's the woman who does the, the mobile dog grooming and she comes to my house about every six weeks and gives him a bath. Uh, and she told me one day about a year ago, oh, I, I set up a, a kennel in my house also. Cause she has, as I learned uh, yesterday when I dropped them off, she has 11 dogs. She has donkeys, goats, and um, alpacas. Oh wow. And it's just like, you go there and it's just like a farm. So um, Dr. Yeah, Doolittle. So she, <laughs> she loves taking care of the dogs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, I'll, but I'll link to both of those channels and you said, oh, I'm sorry, air conditioning and sweating. So yep. let me go to my schedule for this week. Um, tonight, I need to go ahead and try to schedule a few Facebook posts. I, I'm going to do something for Wednesday. I already know what that idea is. Thanks, Brian. And uh, and then maybe try to figure something out for Monday. I do have an interesting week coming up where I know I'll have a lot of opportunities to take pictures and get it posted. So. Uh, and then tomorrow, working from home, um, I'll do something in the evening, whether it's go somewhere and write or just sit on my couch and work on the novella prequel. Uh, plot, you know, I'll definitely do something. Tuesday's the 4th of July. I don't work. I don't have any golf leagues. So I'm gonna try to do as much author stuff as I can. I'm gonna work on book two and I'm gonna try to knock some of the stuff off my running list of things to do. 
And then uh, I have my writer's club on Thursday. So I'm going to spend some time getting together something to read to them because when you're writing like 19 books at once, yeah. coming up with something is kind of tricky. So I'll, yeah. I'll work on that Wednesday. I work from home and um, I, uh, I don't know, I'll do something in the evening or I'll do something at lunch, maybe both, whatever. Thursday, I took a vacation day. I'm probably gonna go to the casino with my mom in the morning. And then I'm off to write in the afternoon. And like I said, I have my writer's club in the evening. And then Friday, also a vacation. I decided to just take two more days off. Uh, I'm golfing with a buddy of mine at 10 a.m. at a course that's really close to my house. And then after that, I'm gonna go write somewhere. Saturday, I'll golf in the morning, weather permitting. We've gotten so much rain lately and it's raining now and it's gonna rain for the next couple of days. Oh, it looks pretty uh, outside your front door there. I was just looking at the- uh, It's, at the uh, no, it's wet. It's actually oh. wet. And the reason that it looks like that is because this past week on Thursday, I had a giant tree that was in my front yard cut down. Oh, okay. So it's, it's brighter now whenever I look outside because the tree isn't shading everything, which is, it's an interesting look. But, um, and then Sunday I'll go off in the morning, weather permitting, and I'll go right in the afternoon. I want a power, I got a power washer on my 10 year anniversary at my last job. And it's still literally in the box, never been opened. Really <laughs> wanna, the reason I got it is that I want to power wash my deck. So I think I might try to do that on Saturday or Sunday, maybe take an hour or so and just kind of try that if it's not raining. Um, and then we'll podcast Sunday night in terms of a goal. I want to try to make a more specific goal than I've done the last couple of weeks of just make progress. So I'm gonna try to get chapter one of the murder mystery, not only finished, but work out in terms of how I'm going to split it up, make the first part of it smaller, but keep the death at the end of that first thousand words or so. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm gonna try to work that out. So that's my goal for this week is to work out chapter one. It sounds good. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep the same goals as I had this past week because I did fairly well on, I'm be just writing and working in the yard as the heat will allow, uh, try to do at least a thousand words a day. So hit 7,000 by next Sunday. Um, I didn't do this this past week, so I'm going to try to do it again this week, which is posting a couple new episodes to my Vela's because, uh, it helps a lot in terms of promotion of them. If you've got new episodes constantly popping up, uh, people are more likely to read them or not. And, you know, in, in keeping with you in terms of doing something a little more specific on the stories instead of just writing, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to tr attempt to, since I've got 30, 40,000 words now into this UF story, and I've, and I've been writing it non, not really in chapter form. It's, it's kind of a new experiment. I've been kind of more or less just writing it. Uh, it's not really stream of consciousness, but just as once one big solid block of, uh, of text. With no real breaks, you know, there's obviously ebbs and flows in the action, so I know roughly where the breaks should be and whatever. Uh, so I'm gonna go back and and in that and try to break it up and put it into chapter form. Make sure I get, have a good opening hooks and closing cliffhangers of some sort at the end of every chapter. Got some rising and falling action in between. Have the polarity shifts uh, that we've talked about a number of times on this podcast and try to get that something structured on that UF because with uh, the UF story, because with 35 or 40,000 words written, that's, you know, half a story there already. That really should be up on Vela and uh, get people to start reading that uh, and make a little bit of uh, pre-publication income off of it. So I'm going to add that to, to my uh, coming uh, week, things for my coming week. Um, once I can <laughs> actually put word, string words together that, make, that <laughs> makes sense instead of trying to do it here on the fly. Uh, and in terms of, of news or things for the week, uh, I kind of uh, buried the lead by uh, talking about Midjourney earlier. Uh, so I really don't have anything to say here, um, except that, what was it now? 
Uh, you know, I lost it. There was something I was going to add to what I was talking about with, with mid journey. It'll occur to me while you're, you're talking about your stuff and I'll yeah. come back to it. Yeah. Mine is, I want to talk about pseudo right real quick and talk about what I did to get the plot where I wanted. And it's not completely there yet, but it's pretty close. So when you go into story engine and pseudo write, the very first thing you do is you have a, a box called brain dump where you just type whatever you want. So I took the how many chapters? I took the 27 chapters that I had used ChatGPT for a week or two ago with this and basically put it into that brain dump. Except I put Sam as the main character's name. That's murder mystery character. Time travel character is actually named Peter. And I didn't realize that until I got halfway through this, but it's actually Peter who I'm talking about. So took that, took that plot, stuck it in there. And then I, uh, underneath that, there's a box where you just type the genre. I put science fiction, wild west and time travel. Then after that, below that, there's a box that says style where you can have it match your style. So I clicked, I clicked the button and then I uploaded the first, I think it's 2000 words from the first book, stuck it in there. And then it basically what it does is it learns your style. And this is something I didn't know about. I think this is very new. And I know on Joanna Penn's podcast, the, the guest that was on there talked about this new thing. So I did that. Which I like, and that's more for the pros, which I'm not going to deal with too much. Uh, I know I made a comment last week when you said um, in ChatGPT, you said something. The next thing I do is I type, get me the pros. And I said, I haven't found the, the will to do that yet. Mm -hmm. Well, that changed. That changed. <laughs> um, so then, I, then it, what it does, then you, you go to the next column over and you hit generate in the synopsis section. And it generates a synopsis for you based on all those things you've typed. Gave me 11 paragraphs, I think, of a synopsis. Then below that, there's a box where you can type something in and then say rewrite synopsis. You can do that over and over again. So uh, the examples they give is make the twist more dramatic, make the low point even lower, learn, lean into the tropes of the genre more. I mean, you can type, I typed change Sam's name to Peter. I typed this book has to end with a cliffhanger because I want book three to be the finale of it. Um, I mean, I typed a few different things in there and just hit rewrite over and over. And it just rewrites it over and over again until you you read that synopsis. And you're, okay, I'm happy with this. Then you go one column over from there and it's called the characters section where you can type out everything about the characters. You know, if there's specific things you want for each character. So I just hit generate and let it generate the characters based on the previous section. There's a little question mark by each each box. This box says characters. If I click on the on the um, question mark, a little uh, a little window pops up that says the character section tells Story Engine how to write your characters. This can affect how their dialogue is written, what choices they make, and how they interact with the others. Update this section as your characters evolve in the story, and then it says it's based on the synopsis section. So so you click generate, it generates the characters. Then below that, there's another box where you can rewrite characters, so you can tell it to make changes. You just keep doing that until you're happy with how the characters come out. And then finally, the, the next section is uh, an outline and you can just click generate and it'll generate you an, an outline. Now, it only gave me 12 chapters for some reason, maybe because I put the word novella in there somewhere. So I'm not really sure why, but it's, it's based on, I mean, this is a five act basically structure, I guess. Um, but it gave me like act one introduction and it gives me some chapters, act two conflict and so on through the 12 chapters that it gave me. And then you can do the same thing below that. You can tell it to rewrite the outline with anything you want. If you don't like a certain chapter, if you don't like a twist, if you want a different twist, you can just keep telling it and, and you just keep reading the, the outline over, making changes, read it until it gets to the point where you like it. So again, I know this is AI and I know AI is generating it for you, but you really are controlling what it's giving you sure. 
you know, the, the, the time that I'm really saving here is not having to type out the whole stupid outline. I just hit generate, it gives it to me. And then I tell it to change it how I want to change it. And this, right, right. this took me a while. Now, when I first used it a few days ago, I was, I didn't understand the whole rewrite generate process. So I was just typing stuff in there and then moving on to the next section. When I start, I restarted it again, I believe on Friday night. And that's when I really used it to get an outline where I want it. Yeah. You know, that, uh, that 12 chapter thing, there's, Probably the most if you, you if you just typed in uh, internet search and asks for uh, you know common uh, mystery story outlines, what's going to pop up for you is going to be the, the the twelve point outline for okay. a mystery story, and that's probably what it's working off of. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I bet you could tell it give me twenty seven chapters and it well, would sure. do that yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. So then it, then you go on to chapter one and it gives you a synopsis at the top based on what you have in your outline and in your other stuff. Then you just hit generate and it generates the beats for the chapter. Now here, there's no way, there's no box below it that says change this. But what you can do is you can go into the beats that it gives you and you can edit in there. So I edited in there everything that I wanted to change. I took out some of the beats because I didn't like them. I put in, you can put into square brackets something for it to add so that it knows. And then below that, you can say generate pros if you want to. Now I've done this. The pros isn't bad. It's not good. It's better than ChatGPT, but not by much. So what I'm doing is I'm taking that pros and I'm using that as my outline. So I paste that into Scrivener and then I'm going to write the story based off of what this prose was. So then you go on to chapter two and you do that through the end of the book. And right now I'm on chapter three right now of, of getting my outline and my beats correct for each chapter. And I only have 12, so it's not going to take me very long. But when I finish this, you know, I know the guy on Joanna Penn's podcast said, oh, it gives you a really nice first draft. Well, I'm not using this as a first draft. Again, I'm using it as kind of like my outline and paragraph form that right. I'm going to write based on. So that's that's kind of how this mid-journey works. I'm sorry, not mid-journey. That's you. Um the um, what's it called? The pseudo write. That's yeah. how this pseudo write story engine works. And again, if, if it was just what it was when I looked at it a month or two ago, I wouldn't have bothered to use it. But this story engine, I like number one, what it does for you, but I also like how it does for you. It's almost like it's, it's, it's organizing everything for you. And I don't have to spend a bunch of time typing everything out because it just does it for me. But then I can say, Hey, rewrite based on this. And it types it all out again. And it, right. you know, it, it works really well. So that's, that's a pretty good overview of what I did to get this chapter, this uh, book two of this novella. Going and it seems to have a pretty good memory. Yeah. It's actually a better memory than ChatGPT, but because what it does is it uses the items from the previous boxes and that the items are always there. So when you okay. hit generate on the next one, it, it knows to look at this box. Okay. So it's not like it's, it has to remember something that it, it gave you an answer to way up the, up the screen. It, it right. knows where to get this information. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we really ought to do something. Uh, uh, sh it may not even be a very short podcast, but to go through the process uh, just so people can see it. Because I think a lot, of, a lot of people probably like me, you know, that when they first heard about it, you know, they signed up for it or they, they took the free look at it. And yeah, yeah, okay, it did some stuff, but it wasn't really going to help you along very much in terms of making the writing more efficient uh, in any way or, or helping you plot or whatever that your particular need was. But like all these uh, machine learning uh, uh, programs that they have out there right now, they're just every single week, there's just new versions coming out, new little add-ons and things as, as the developers react to what people are telling them. Uh, and just as you know, the, the whole thing progresses. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see where we are a year from now on some of this. Yeah. Stuff. Oh God, definitely. Yeah. 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 The, the AI will be telling me what to do. That's right. <laughs> scary. 
And I, I can't remember what I was going to say about Midjourney, but I thought of something even more important about it. And uh, we can talk about this or, or show how to do this uh, when we uh, do a, a future podcast. But if you're going to use Midjourney, one of the first things you find out, and I, I don't know, have you used Midjourney at all? Or I, I actually signed up for it maybe a, a two weeks ago, and then I, I downloaded what's the what's the app called? I always forget what that app is called. You have to have the chat. Oh, app. oh the Discord. Discord, yeah, yeah. I, and I have a Discord, and I downloaded Discord. I went into it a little bit, but I, I didn't try anything okay. yet. Okay. Well, one of the things pe- you'll find out right away, people who have tried Midjourney uh, and haven't didn't think about what was going on, which was me <laughs> initially way back when, is that you get into these into these Discord rooms, which is where you have access to the Midjourney engine, and you type in your prompts. But you know, there's a gazillion other people doing the exact same thing typing in their prompts. And even though that you can, you know, there are rooms created a bunch of different rooms where you can come in and out and use different rooms, use ones that aren't uh, maybe quite as active at a particular point in time, your output and stuff is still going to be within the stream of everybody else's output. So you'll throw in a prompt. You might not get a response back for, you know, 45 seconds, maybe over a minute, depending on what it is that you're trying to do. And then you have to search through the stream for where it posted it. Um, the big trick I learned about a month or two ago is that you get into discord and you can create your own server that links into mid journey. So you're sending prompts out to mid journey through your server and the outputs coming back to your server. And all you see is your stuff. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's the way to use it because otherwise it is so time consuming. We definitely have to do something on this because I want to see that before I even start using it. I want to see that. Yeah. 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 So it it works. It works quite well. Good. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, that is the podcast for this week. Do you have anything else? No, I think that's good. All right, everyone. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, Jerry at jerryevanoff.com is the email. Jerryevanoff.com is the website. But if you want, go to Jerry Evanoff author, uh, check it out. If you have any comments, something I missed, something that you don't like, uh, please let me know. I know there's one page when you click on an individual book and you try to load the page, it doesn't work. I'm trying to work through that right now. Uh, but I'd say it's about 85 to 90% done and, and uh, should be done within the next couple of weeks. And then hopefully I start the process of making it live. So um, go ahead and, and uh, let me drop me a line. Let me know how that's going. I'm on Twitter, Jerry E25, Facebook dot com slash jerry evanoff author we are on patreon patreon.com patreon.com slash new author podcast uh there's links to all these in the show notes and i think if we do a couple of pop-ups this week which we've talked about doing i think rich uh you know let me know what you think but we release them as audio podcasts and then put them behind the one dollar paywall for the video side of it Sure. yeah that makes sense okay okay and then so go sign up sign up if you want to see that we're on buy me a coffee buymeacoffee.com slash jerry evanoff and all the money that comes in goes toward the production of this podcast and we appreciate anyone who who sends us over something right and if you want to get in touch with me my email address is rich at richcasey.com you can find me on facebook <clears throat> excuse me facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at casey himself although how much longer i'm going to be on twitter i'm not so sure wow uh, it's, um, yeah, well, there's been things going on in, in the background with Musk playing around with, you know, how he's going to try to monetize the platform. But the thing that's really bothering me more than anything else is that the vast majority of my author friends that I had on there are, are transitioning away to other platforms. And so if I, if I can't talk to other authors, all I'm doing is I'm using it as an entertainment uh, to see what, you know, scroll through people and what they're doing. And it's, 
not high quality entertainment. No, I can't <laughs> imagine that it would be. Yeah. No. For, I, for me, as soon as I can't get my fantasy football news on it, then, I, then I'll look for something else. But yeah. right now, I, I use it for fantasy football. Right, right. Uh, but for right now, I'm still on there at Casey himself. Uh, and you can check out my Vela stories now. The easiest way to find them is just to go to my website. Just type in richkc.com and you'll get the landing page. And you can check out the little blurbs I have for each of the stories and decide which one you want to take a look at. All right, everyone. That's great. I'll have to add that to the show notes because that's okay. great. Yep. Um, all right, everyone. Uh, that is it. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you all definitely next Sunday, but possibly a couple times during the week. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, have a great week, everybody.